If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to the letter of James. And we're going to just spend uh, a few weeks looking at the, uh, a theme coming out of this, um, this letter. So over the next few weeks, we, we, we're going to just uh, look at James under a series called Just Do It. You know, James was an interesting, an interesting man. The, the man who, who wrote this letter... <laughs> called the book of James, it's really a letter, was written, a letter written to Christians being scattered. And in James chapter 1, very verse 1, he speaks about all, to all of the 12 tribes, but he's talking to believers, believers that are scattered. They were scattered because it was a period of persecution at that time in the church, probably at Jerusalem and, and, and that part of the known world. And Christians were coming under a lot of pressure, not only by the Jewish, uh, the, uh, the Jewish establishment of the day, but also the Romans within the Roman Empire. And so James writes a letter of encouragement. It's incredibly practical. Uh, Bible scholars, there's a bit of a debate. They believe that, that James probably, possibly, there's, there's a lot, the jury's out a bit, but was the brother of Jesus who was one of the early leaders of the Jerusalem church. If you look in the book of Acts, it's when uh, Paul appears and he goes and James is in the mix. His name is in the mix with the other apostles um, and at the, at the Jerusalem council. And um, history seems to be that, um, and, and what we can see from the biblical account, that James was one of the early, early leaders of the Jerusalem church, which is a big church, a Christian group in Jerusalem, based in Jerusalem. And so um, he, it would appear that he, you know, he wrote a letter of encouragement. It's incredibly practical. And perhaps if he was the brother of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus is incredibly practical. And you'll see, as we go through this, this letter, it, it's, it's very much do it. Get out there, do it. Uh, in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Do what it says. James 1, 22. It's a key verse. Don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. And so James, he obviously heard you know, Jesus talk about you know, building your life on solid ground. And those that ones are on solid grounds are the ones that hear me and then practice what I say. But if you hear me and don't practice what I say, you're on sinking sand. And this is the sort of teaching that Jesus shared. Incredibly practical and straightforward. And it would appear that James's letter is incredibly practical and very straightforward. Very, very straightforward. It's very different from other letters that may be written by Paul. But just because it's different doesn't mean to say it's not helpful. It, 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 it carries something that is incredibly helpful, practical, and spiritual for our lives today. Because he's writing at a time when people were being scattered. Uh, as they were scattered, the people were losing their jobs, their livelihoods, being separated from family and friends, scattered around the world. And so there's a lot of distress going on, along in the Christian world at that time. And you know, in life, we go through stress and distress. And in, in the modern age in which we live, never have we lived in a world of distress and Stress. And, and so he talks in this chapter that we're going to look at about trial. And so that's why I just want to take a theme up this morning. So it, it, amazing letter. So in our life groups, we're going to be looking at James, genuine faith, real faith. And uh, we would encourage you to get part of, join a group, a small base group, a life group, because be, we're not going to be discussing what I'm speaking about. The groups are going to read James for themselves and see what the Holy Spirit says to people, and that's fantastic. But I, in parallel with that, I'm going to just take up, and other speakers are going to take up the uh, number of mo- our mornings looking at this, this theme of just do it. You know, there's a catchphrase, Nike, 
or Nike, Nike, whatever, whatever you want to, what, what, I'll probably get into trouble now at home for, for getting one of them wrong. But um, just do it was a, a catchphrase that propelled Nike to become um, not just sportswear, but fashionwear. And to get up off the couch and get out there and do it. And James was the first, just do it. I think, I think Nike just stole it off of James, really. He says, don't just hear it, but get and do it. And, uh, you know, we could be couch Christians. I, I can be a couch. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm being careful not to make particular eye contact because you don't want to be called a couch Christian, couch potato. You know, I'm a bit of a couch potato at times. And uh, I need to be a bit more active in my life as, 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 as my life starts to advance a, a little bit more and moving down the road a little more. And, uh, but James is a writer that says, you know, don't be a couch Christian. And in challenging times, it works. God works. This really works. This is really powerful. The Holy Spirit can really, really work. And God can work in our lives. So that's where we're going to go. And uh, I hope you're ready uh, to go you know, with that too. So that's, that's really good. <laughs> okay, so James chapter 1, verses um, 1 to 12. I just want to just, uh, just read a few verses together. Okay, so James says, James a, servant, James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. There was this scattering. There was this scattering among the nations, you know. He says, consider it, this is amazing, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials, whenever you face distress or stress, this is what he's saying, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstance ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like the wildflower. For the sun rises in the, in the scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, distress, stress. Because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I came across this. Um, stressed, spelled backwards, is desserts. I thought to myself, that ain't going to help me anything. Hey, that's, that doesn't help me at all. It doesn't, it doesn't help, does it? No, of course it doesn't. But some of you are looking at me quite indignantly at the moment. I'm not, by the way, I'm not looking to belittle your stress, okay? Um, believe you me, I, I, I'll tell you a story later about when I got mega stressed in my life and what it did to me. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I thought, you know. Um, there's, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen this one. It's a stress reduction kit, right? Again, I'm not belittling your stress, by the way. Please, please don't go. I, I, and I really heartfully, heartfelt mean this. But the stress reduction kit, it says, um, bang head here. And so the instructions are, place on firm surface, number one. Number two, follow the directions in the circle of the kit. Repeat step two as necessary until unconscious. If unconscious, cease stress reduction activity. 
I don't think that's going to help me at all either. It ain't going to help. I don't know about you. I don't know what, what, what do you find that helps? What helps? I, I was looking at uh, one, one NHS webpage. Uh, Ten uh, things to do in stress. I thought, I'm stressed out looking at the first one. I, I've, if I have to do all ten, I just can't cope with this. So I'm only going to give you four. <laughs> this is not a definitive list, nor is it am I a stress guru. But I, we're going to look at how the Word of God, the Word of God, the, I want to say this to you, the Word of God in just a book, it's not just a book, it's the Word of God is living and active. It's the revelation of God's heart to our hearts. And when James wrote to the early Christians, they were under trial and tribulation. The word trial literally means um, distress, distressed circumstance, circumstance that brings me distress, like a, a, under trial, when it's related to a human being, a person. Um, sometimes they do a, a stress test or a trial with a certain product to see how far it will, will go. And, and, and you distress, if it's a plastic, it's distressed and t- to see how far it will and, and so trials, uh, dis, um, act, actions, uh, um, circumstance that stresses my life. And uh, there is the, in the cut and thrust of life, in the give and take of life, in relationships, at work and in life. Jesus, we, I, I, a number of weeks ago of the holiday period, I, I looked at, I've been looking at the, the theme over the holiday period. And one of the things that we, we looked at was um, that Jesus said, there will be trouble in this world, but be encouraged, I've overcome the world. Um, so I just want to just look, uh, look at this um, because this is an incredibly practical letter. Um, so four stress busters then, and uh, they're all, I'm going to suggest they're all based in the words of James just here for a moment or two. Uh, number one is adopt a kingdom attitude. We're going to need a kingdom attitude We're going to need a kingdom. If you're a Christian, we receive the mind of Christ. I'm I'm not talking about any old attitude. I'm not talking about just being a positive attitude. I looked at the NHS website and it said that when you're stressed, you're out of perspective. So you need a positive attitude. I'm not talking about a positive attitude. I'm talking about a kingdom attitude. The kingdom attitude may have positive aspects of God in there. But it's a kingdom attitude. And look at this. Um, It says there in... um, James 1 and uh, verse, verse 2, it's, uh, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face distress or stress or trials of many kinds. The word there means variegated. It's a bit like a, a jewel. There are many aspects. It's, so, it's, it's multiple aspects of life. This is what makes it so distressing. That what, what is a, a distress for you isn't for me, but it's something else. And this is why it's it's, it's a challenge to, the NHS finds it quite a challenge to treat uh, the, the, our, our health system. It's a fantastic health system. It's an amazing health system. But uh, because it's variegated, it's multiple, and it affects us in, 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 in different ways. And so he says, consider. The word consider there is looking at, I don't need them to see you. Uh, it, the word consider there literally means, um, it's looking at our attitude. Um, look at life. 
Um, look at your life ahead. Consider this. But it's not just consider the life, because everyone will say to you, well, look at the stress, and what can you do with this, and how could you treat that? That's part of the deal. I don't doubt that that's true. But, but from God's point of view, he said, look, look at this circumstance through a new attitude, a new mind. And, and it's the mind of Christ. It's a, a kingdom attitude. You know, when you become a Christian, um, Paul says that you come out of darkness into light. You come from the kingdom. This is amazing. We come out of the kingdom of darkness, of this, of this fallen age and, and universe, uh, with all the pain and stress and distress that there is, and we come into, by being born again, the kingdom of light and life and hope and help and the, the light of God. It's amazing. And, and that's for you. You don't have to work at this. this, this is, if you become born again, you come out of darkness into light. And so we can have this mind that is the mind of Christ or the kingdom of God, the kingdom attitude. It's interesting. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and it's interesting that James, if it's the brother of Jesus, it, Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 33, is speaking to people that were worried. They were worried about food and clothing and life and work. And he said this, Matthew 6, verse 33, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all you need will be given you. Matthew six thirty three, And then he goes on to say in verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow. Anxiety, stress, distress, it's all linked in there about life and the, 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 the challenge of life there. And he says, but the key to that is, the, is in verse 33, is seek first the kingdom of God. We did a whole series a few years ago on kingdom culture. And we are of uh, a new culture, a kingdom culture, the kingdom of God, the mind of God and the mind and heart of Christ. And so the, the, the first aspect of our lives is, is this with, with a new mind. It's not just a positive mind. Not, this isn't positive psychology. This is the kingdom mentality. Remember some years ago, a lady called Suzette Hattin was teaching, it was quite a long time ago now, quite a few years ago, teaching on a kingdom mentality, kingdom-minded in prayer and breakthrough. And, and uh, this is what James is saying, consider, consider, uh, adopt, uh, remember, adopt a kingdom attitude, seeking God's kingdom, God's rule, God's reign, his outlook on life. You see, it's our outlook that will determine outcome on life. It, it's so true. It's not mind over matter. But, but psychologists only observe that which we, which we do. And they say that your outlook, your attitude, determines a lot of outcome, where you go, what we achieve, how we live, how we, how we feel. And so if we can have this consider, this kingdom, this mentality, this attitude that is, yes, I am who you say I am, Jesus. I'm going to come through this because I'm a child of God. I'm going to, you, you, you are for me. You're not against me. It's this mindset. It's this attitude. And it's something that comes. We are, and then we've got to walk in it and, and persist in it. And this is why James says, consider it. Be intentional. And this comes, I find, as I have bathed myself in seeking God's face and reading his word and opening up my heart to the Holy Spirit. Kingdom attitude, and it comes as we seek his word, read his word, open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. I, I, I have found, I've got into, I've 
some people say, all you talk about is, some people have said to me, all you talk about, all you talk about is the Bible, the Bible. Well, yeah, I will, I will. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the word of God is living and active. And if you saturate, you find that your attitude, mind is changed. I think some people watch, you know, forgive me if you're going to be upset, watch Coronation Street more and are saturating. Ben, 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 yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> but we can saturate ourselves. It's not wrong to watch that stuff. Come on. I'm, I, but it's what, would we, what are we saturated with? What? Okay. But, you know, so an attitude. So the kingdom, but the kingdom attitude is relational and revelational. Okay, so it's all very well, Adrian, you saying that, you know, but how, how do we, a kingdom attitude is relational. I'm a son and daughter of God because of our relationship. And, you know, being a Christian, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the love of God. This is what changes everything. It's not just a teaching. It's not a formula. Four stress busters are not a formula. They're Diddly squat. They won't do diddly squat. It's not a formula. It's about Jesus and our relationship with him. And so a kingdom attitude comes out of relationship. It's relational and revelational. First of all, it's relational. It comes out of a relationship with Jesus that transforms my mind because I'm immersed and bathed with love and acceptance and mercy and grace. And that overwhelming begins to overflow in my emotions and my mind. Relational, but it's also revelational. It's something that you get when you get. It's a bit of a chicken and egg. You get when you get. It's 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 a revelation, and it's for all because God wants all to know. It's not for special people and 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 just some super people. It's for everyone. And so this revelation, this new mind, comes out of relationship and revelation. I don't know about you, but when I read the Word of God, and I ask the Holy Spirit to just be released in fullness in my heart and life, it jumps out the page and has made such a profound difference. The way I'm thinking, I am a, I've been a Christian 30, gosh, 35 years now. 35 years a Christian. I became a Christian at 20. 35 years. And I'm finding in the last five years, I'm being more saturated. But it's, you don't have to be 35 years. You can only be five months. But it's what? It's what I'm opening my heart to, my mind to. And so um, Romans 12, verse 1, be transformed, says Paul, by the renewing of your... Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? Attitude, kingdom, the renewing of the mind is the, is, comes out of relationship with Jesus and a revelation out of his word. Come on, that's how it... When he says this, so this attitude, this kingdom attitude, he says it's, count it, now this is interesting, pure joy. I thought, what? Come on, you can't mean that. It can't be right, pure joy. But it's bittersweet. It's a bittersweet thing, stress. Count stress and distress, Pure joy. It's a bittersweet thing. Because the bit, with this kingdom attitude, we see a bittersweet thing. If we don't have this kingdom attitude, it's just bitter, bitter, bitter. But uh, with a kingdom attitude, as we begin to see Jesus and relate to him, it's a bittersweet. The, the bitterness is the fact that there's pain and distress and anxiety. But the sweetness is that there's help and hope. With God, there's always a tomorrow. We've been, we said this a few weeks ago in our Sunday morning. There's always a tomorrow. 
There's a new day. There's always a new day. He's a living God. And so there is help and his hope. He gives hope and he gives help. And that's why we can consider it pure joy. There's a bitter bit, but there's a sweet dimension to this understanding. Second thing is this. Moving on. Second stress buster. They sort of overlap a little, really. Is a God perspective. Look at this. Look at verse 3 with me. So kingdom attitude, which we have by adoption and from coming from darkness into light, but then we walk in that through relationship and revelation as we relate to Jesus and, in, and the, through the Holy Spirit and also the power of his word and in worship. And, uh, and then in uh, verse 3, the second thing is this. The second stress buster is a God perspective. It says this, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Uh, because he says, then he says this, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And that perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So there is a perspective there that this, what we go through, what, what challenges us, what distresses us, um, there's more to this that's going on. It's not just... The pain that is going on around me. Um, the, the, the word there is um, this, this idea. It says, "You, you know that you know." As we when we adopt a kingdom attitude, we we then um, need to walk in a, a God perspective on life. I don't know about you, but I see what I see, and I'm human and rational, and we we, we rationalise all that we see. But there's a bigger perspective on life. Um, uh, you know, uh, now that when I look down and, and look at the page, it looks a bit blurred. I need a pair of glasses to, uh, to, to see the page in front of me and to read. And perspective is like God lenses. We need God lens for our eyes of our heart and the eyes of our mind. And uh, this no is the God lens. You know, he says, that this testing... And produces perseverance, and per- perseverance will ma- brings us to maturity, and then completeness, lacking nothing. That's the perspective. With the God-shaped lens, you can see that this stress test strength will strengthen. God doesn't cause us to go through pain, but the world there is trouble. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, and with the strength, the help, and hope of God, He says that there's this, there's a bigger perspective on what's going on. With there's a spiritual realm. There's an emotional realm. There's a plan of God. There's a whole destiny of your life and how that fits into all the other lives on this planet, where this world is going. There's a God perspective in this. What's going on, God? My question often in life is, what's happening, Lord? God perspective. We need God perspective in life. If you can get a God perspective, it becomes a bit clearer. And this is what um, James is saying, is that when when there is this, it, it produces resilience. I've talked a lot about this in the past. In schools these days, even at primary level, they're now doing resilience training for children. Finding that we're, we're, we're not as resilient as we used to be in, in, in life. And we're, we're growing up less persevering perhaps and a bit less resilient in life and and this is what perseverance is it builds a resilience and and this perseverance and resilience brings a sense of maturity growth um uh, getting deeper in, in in christ and and then a completeness a wholeness the word complete means you become a whole a wholer christian and then it goes on to say lacking nothing i mean come on stress 
He's, he's talking about, but the, the bigger perspective in the situation, it's a case of what's happening, Lord? What is happening? I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, things slide. My perspective slides. It's like, get me out. It, and it's natural and it's normal for my perspective, your perspective to slide. It's like, get me out of here. It's not, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I'm a Christian, get me out of here. My perspective slides in life. It, it has, and it does at times. And, and this is what um, James is trying to get at. You, to, to have a God perspective. You know, you and I will need a God perspective on our marriage, on church. Sometimes in church, they say, whoa, not happy with this or what's going on. But there's a bigger picture going on. What's the perspective of God? In, in our nation right now, Brexit. What's the big picture? I know that we'll all stand on different sides. And, we, and I hear some Christians getting so wound up and shouting about Brexit. Which fair dues, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to take to Facebook on, I suppose. That's what they do. But there's a bigger perspective in the nations. There's a God perspective. And it's, and it's this aspect that, that seems to guard your heart, strengthens the soul, brings about a sense of inner peace and we can see something clearly. We can see where this is going. Where are you, Lord? Where's this going? Where are you taking me? What's the bigger picture going on in our church, in our lives, in our city, in our nation, in my marriage, at my job, in the workplace right now? When there's a stress, you can see something. You begin to see clearly. Doctors uh, will encourage us to talk to a friend. Again, one, one GP practice, I, I looked at what they were encouraging for st- busting stress. Interesting. One of the things that they encouraged was talk to someone to get another perspective on life. Talk to other people. Don't get isolated. Because when I lose my perspective, I go into my shell. And that's normal. And it's interesting, isn't it? But, but this is a God perspective. Knowing that God is working. Where are you taking me? Um, you know, I... Uh, I remember when I got stressed at Bible college years ago. I went to, I went to uh, forgive me if you've heard this story, but this is, this is th- over 30 years ago. I went to a doctor uh, because I was having incredible stomach cramps um, at the sides of my, either side of my stomach. They were, they were like really excruciating. I thought, oh, what's going on in my life? I went to, this, I went to the doctor and uh, sat down and chatted and they examined me and chatted to me and I said what's going on and then the doctor said um, are you from the Bible college just up the road I went yes I am I thought this is interesting what, does he know something <laughs> is this you Lord is it the word of knowledge or something <laughs> then, then what made me even more he said um, and you know are, are you um, going through a bit of a stressful, is it a stressful time these questions weren't too leading are you a stressful time at the moment I said, yeah, absolutely. you know, like exams or something like that or whatever. I said, how did you know? I, actually, I am. I, I leave everything to the last. I'm a last minute. I do, did my essay the night, the night before type of person. That's why I got stressed. Uh, anyway, and I thought, he knows something. He's in the spirit or something. And then he, and then he said, you know, um, I said, well, why? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I am actually. He said, possibly. He said, um, I've had about three or four, you know, I've had three or four other students in the last week. <laughs> Something very similar to you. He didn't say any more than that. He said, you know, get it, walk in the country, talk to other people. Perspective. Relax. But there's something about God perspective. You know 
where this is going. It's to mature, it's to perfect, it's to strengthen, it's to encourage. You're going to come through this. I have, I'm going to give you help. There is hope. A God perspective changes everything. It's a game changer. So uh, uh, a, a, a kingdom attitude, a God perspective. Moving on thirdly, moving on quickly. Um, surrendered mind. It says, it says in verse 4, let, let. Now this is interesting. It's a little word. But it's a pivotal moment. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You may be mature and complete, not lacking it. Let perseverance, let perseverance finish its work. That's a challenging statement. Yield to perseverance. Let it finish its work in your life. The, 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 what, what James is saying, it's about surrendering, yielding. Your heart and mind. It, it's, it's a, that, that's what he's saying. Let. It's a little word, but it's powerful when he says, let perseverance finish its work. It's amazing that Jesus in Gethsemane said, um, your will be done. Your kingdom come. When, when he faced the cross. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to put a word in there. It, maybe not in the text, but let your will be done. I've added the word let there. But, you know, your will, Father God. There's something about the will of God, uh, surrendering of the heart. Um, there are things in my life that I have no control over. This is where we get stressed. When we, stress is often, the, a psychologist and a counselor say, when you feel powerless to change something in your life. You feel powerless, out of, it's out of control. This is where stress can go wild. And this is interesting. Yielding the heart and mind to God a yielded heart and a yielded mind, rather than yielding my mind to the things that are just pulling me ragged, is really interesting. And this is what James is saying. Let your let that perseverance finish. So, so there are things that 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 are that um, I can't do. That the things that are beyond my control, and it's letting God, in other words, have have your way, because God is good. He's a good, good father. He's faithful and true. And he's got good plans for you. And he's got good plans for me too. And so there's this aspect of submitting the heart and mind. Now, they all seem to overlap. I'm almost saying the same thing out of four points, really. But they overlap so much. Um, so there's the idea there of my, my attitude being that which is of God kingdom. Uh, his ability. It's God's, what's impossible for God is possible. Um, for God perspective, getting a clear, where are you? What's going on? And where's this going? It's a perspective. And then surrendering my heart. Say, yes, Lord. I, you know, this is going somewhere that you're going to take me. And I want to go, if I'm going to go through this, I want you to lead me. Because in the 23rd Psalm, he says, that even though it's through the shadow, I'll lead you to a good place. There's a good place in God for you and me. I don't know what your good place is and I don't know where he's going to take you. But there is. Because the word of God says so and Jesus says so. And so I believe it to be true. And um, surrender. It's, it's, it's not capitulation to the stress that's going on. But it's, it's, it's a yielding to the will of God. Let your will be done. This is how Jesus went to the cross. It says, it's, talk about stress. It says in the garden, it said, he sweat drops of blood like agony. 
When you and I get stressed, your tummy feels awful, you get cramps, you get pulled apart, you want to go to the loo, you want to, you, you want to be, feel sick. It, 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 and even me talking about it, for some of you, it might even be getting you to think like that because you're in a stressful circumstance. But it's let your will come upon me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to yield to you, not to the circumstance, not to that person, not to the worry. I am worried and I confess it, but you, I yield to you. Um, and finally, also uh, the fourth thing is this stress buster is believing heart. Believing heart. You see it in verses 5 um, to 8 there. He says, uh, let perseverance finish its work. So this is this yielding, right? And in verse 5, it, so then if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives you generously, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So there's a, an aspect of, of um, asking because the God that we serve is a God of hope and help. It's great. What an amazing God. A God of hope. God of help. When we cry, you ask, Jesus said, you shall receive. Now James probably knew this. He heard, heard Jesus say, ask, receive. Knock, doors will be opened. Seek, find. It's a great God of hope and a God of help. I don't know what's stressing you out right now. Ask and yours receive. Uh, knock, doors will be open for you. And God is a God of hope and a God of help. And he says there, if anyone asks for wisdom, that, that word there of wisdom is a bit sort of, it's really, it's, it's not just knowledge, but it's, it's uh, knowledge that is life related. How to live life, basically, in God. Life, living life God's way. Wisdom. Wisdom is living life God's way. It's not just knowledge. It's a knowledge that allows us to work out our life God's way. It's how, what, why, when. It's the how, what, why, whens of life God's way. And he says there, ask. And uh, so, so there's the aspect of the power of prayer. Believing prayer. Having a believing heart. And um, it, it works when you, but also when we gather others to pray. It, it's interesting. One of the Cinderella's, a man called Leonard Ravenhill said, this, one of the Cinderella's of the church is the prayer gathering. I don't say that to beat us all up. It's true. The modern church. We're the most stressed we've ever been in the, in the modern world and in the Western church. Even Christians. It, doesn't, it comes our way. And, um, but also, the power of believing prayer is incredible. Absolutely. And so he says it. Now, it's interesting because... So he says, and when you ask, believe and don't, don't doubt. Otherwise, you'll be like tossed to and fro on the waves of, of stress and life. I don't know about you, but I find myself in a cycle. When I, when I say, I'm trusting you, God, and then I feel gut-wrenching worry. And then I, I, I go back to start to really, really worry. And then I beat myself up because I should be believing in you more. And there's this cycle of being like, like on waves, of like a cork on the waves, being tossed. And this is what James is saying. He said, when, when, when we pray, just come and say, put your trust. The word believing, just trust. Trust your life. Just like you're trusting your life to the seat that you're sitting on right now. That's what it really means. You believe that seat's going to keep you up. And uh, that's what it says about in life with God. It's trust and trust our lives to God. Now he gives three things to encourage us with that. He doesn't just beat them on the head and say, come on, believe. Yeah, you doubtful lot. 
you're, you're going to be tossed to and fro. He doesn't say that. He's not saying that. Look at what he says. To encourage us in verse 5, there are three things. He said, God gives generously without finding fault and he will answer. Three things there. Amazing to encourage you. Number one, when you ask, God is a generous giver. He didn't think, oh, I won't do it today. I'm feeling a bit tired. He never tires. He never slumbers. He's never out-resourced. He's never outsourced. How about that? It's amazing. This is why he wants us to be generous, to reflect his generosity. And, and God is a generous God, a generous father. It's not like me or you or the age in which we live. But he is the model of pure generosity, abounding, overwhelming love. And so this is why James then says, he gives generously. So when you ask, it's generous. It's a generous yes. I don't know about the timing. That's, that's you worked out in your life. But this is the encouragement. So, so he says, look, you know, don't doubt. Because why? Number one encouragement is this. He gives generously. It's in verse five. And then he says this, without finding fault. Second encouragement in that same verse. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not partial. He says, oh, you've, you've attended more this week than you did last week. At church, I'm talking about. Or you've read your Bible more than you haven't done that. God, uh, or, you, or you're a good giver and not a good giver. Whatever a good giver is, that is. I don't know what that is. God's not, or you're black or you're white, or you're male or female, or you've put lots of deodorant on, or you're a bit riffy this week, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but. <laughs> That was, that's definitely not in, in, in the notes, honestly. But, but God doesn't fight, he's, in, he's impartial. I, 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 I can't get my head around this, because that's grace. I've got to be honest with you, I still haven't cracked. It's a revelation of grace. I'm, I'm experiencing it more and more, I want to more and more, and give that away more and more. God's not partial. It's amazing encouragement, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I feel encouraged when I come to him and say, please help me, please What's going on? He's generous and he's impartial. You can't do anything, you know, to please him enough or to force him away enough. He loves you. What a great God. I want to know that. I want to learn that. I want a revelation of that more and more and more. You know, we used to say more, Lord, more, Lord. That's the more for me. I say more, Lord. And the more for me is more of a revelation of this grace in my heart and my life, Lord. And finally, he says... Um, he'll answer. He'll answer you. The three things. God answers. He will answer you. It might take a bit of time in coming. It might feel like he's not answering. But if you ask and trust, don't doubt, these are the three encouragements. And so we see there, um, adopting, uh, with this we're going to close and we're going to pray and the worship team are going to come and we're just going to close in in worship together. Uh, The four stress busters then are uh, adopting a kingdom attitude um, a perspective that sees with God's eyes. So the Holy Spirit will do that through revelation and relation. Um, surrendering, yielding my heart and my mind in this moment to God. Not trying to just go my way. Uh, and, uh, and believing, trusting. The word believe means trust. Even a little bit of trust. Jesus said a speck of trust will move mountains. Grain of mustard seed. Faith. A speck of faith, trust. I don't know who you might feel that when I'm down, I'm nearly out, but a little speck will change your life forever and ever and guard your heart and your soul and your body and your mind and your emotions and your family because he's the God of help 
a God of hope, a God of help, and there's always a tomorrow in him. Let's pray. God bless you. Thank you for your patience. I pray now, Father God, that the things that we share today, it's not a lecture, but in my own heart and life, I have more. I will be more of a kingdom attitude myself, more adopting your God perspective, more, Father God, my will, I want to surrender to you, my heart and my mind, and I, I want to trust and believe you more. These, these aspects of, of dealing with the, the trials, the stresses. And I just pray for anyone right now that's got, you know, a, a challenge at work, a challenge in family and home, a challenge with their health, a challenge in finance, a challenge in relationships, feeling a challenge in the, which is distressing different people around this place right now. We're not going to beat ourselves up, but we're just going to give our hearts to you afresh in these four areas and say, this is my heart, my life. Take it, Lord, we pray. I give you my mind. I give you my heart. I give you my will. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you just flood in? Would you flood into their circumstance, their heart, their mind, people with challenging things going on in their mind right now, anxiety in the heart. Would you just flood, Holy Spirit, with peace and hope and help? Flood, saturate. I say more, Lord. That's the, the more in that respect this morning. A saturation of hope and help. I will just pray that right now that you just open up your heart and give your life to him. If you're here for the first time or you're here in church, you know, being a Christian, we say this, it's, it's good to believe God, it's good to read the Bible, it's good to even come to church, but that doesn't, that, that, that is helpful, but it's not enough for hope and help. The, the hope and help comes when we give God our hearts and lives because it's a relationship with Jesus, remember? You'll feel his love. And so if you, the, but the problem is in life, we've all gone our own way. The Bible says quite clearly that sin is that we've turned our back on God and said, I'm living for me. And so to ask God to forgive me from living for me, I want to now live for you. It's called to repent. It means to do a U-turn in your life. Not now living for me, but to do a U-turn, turn around and say, forgive me, I want to live for you. How about that? Isn't that amazing? And he says, I will forgive you and send the Spirit to come into your heart and life. Maybe you need to do that right now. And I just encourage you in the, just this next moment to do that. Say, forgive me, I want to live for you. Do it silently in your heart. Some of us this morning are believers. Many of us are Christians. We love Jesus. You wouldn't be here this morning. It's so good to see you. It really is. But in our hearts, there is stuff that is absolutely tying us in knots. And in our minds, it's, it's plague, playing us again and again. Just, I say just... Give him your heart. I pray, Father God, let your will, irresistible goodness, be done at work with my colleagues, in my family, my husband, wife, in my body. Let me see you, perspective. Where is this going, Lord? Give us help, hope, Holy Spirit, we pray. We love you. We give our lives to you. Let's stand together, shall we, as we worship him and love him.
you know, I would say if you're here this morning as we worship together and you would like us, you've, you've prayed that prayer, giving him your heart, giving him your life, giving him your circumstance, asking for help, give me hope. You're stressed out right now and you've prayed that prayer. We would love to pray with you as well. We would love to stand with you and say, Lord, flood them. Fill them with more of your hope and your help and your grace and your love right now. If that's you, come forward as we worship together. You know, we're not going to keep this going on for the sake of it, but we're going to worship him, give our hearts to him. But if that's you and you would like us to just pray, then we would love to just pray the Holy Spirit more of his presence and hope and breakthrough into your heart and life. If that's you, just come forward as we worship. And as a church, let's stand. Let's pray over these people as they come. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to just fill their hearts and lives. Let's welcome him. Thank you, Lord.